know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Season Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, Podcast Lamb? This is Joe's Jamie and Joe of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. And on tonight's episode, we're going to talk some Atlanta Braves baseball. As the Braves are coming down the stretch, the magic number is five. Five. So what that means is the number of Brave wins combined with the number of Phillies losses has to equate to five, and the Braves will win the division. And as we're recording this podcast, the Braves-Phillies game will have just begun with Charlie Morton on the hill against one against former Atlanta high school talented product, one Zach Wheeler from Paulding County. So, so Penn and Chase baseball is here, guys. We're going to be talking some Georgia Bulldog football as well. And the Atlanta Falcons got their first win of the season on Sunday against the New York Giants, so we'll get into that as well. But before we get into the sports conversation, it's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic original oak smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. And so, as I said, we're going to hit things lead off with some Atlanta Braves baseball. And the first topic that I want to get into is where the Braves currently stand. So, the Braves came off a really successful road trip where they won three of four against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then they swept a three-game series from San Diego, but lost the last two innings of that rain-shortened game between the Braves and the Padres that was made up in San Diego. So So, the Braves find themselves in a really good place. And I dug up this number and I found this interesting. The Braves record on the road this season 46 and 35 and they had a and they also had a 13 game winning streak and one point on the road and it's weird how some teams thrive really well on the road and how some teams do better at home the Braves are just average at home and on the road they're really really good it's it's really bizarre it's really bizarre how that is in baseball um I I also want to get into another topic here with the Braves kind of off the cuff here and that is the bullpen and I know everybody's like really worried about Will Smith right now me being included but as I've said ad nauseum on the pod I'm gonna say it again Will Smith throw your fastball and it just looks like he's over looks like he's overdoing it with the breaking stuff and he's trying to focus too much on his secondary pitches as opposed to using his fastball for strikes if Will Smith is throwing his fastball for strikes and if he's locating it he's really really good but if he tries to get all cute with the secondary pitches and thinks he can just live off his slider alone he's horribly mistaken I w- again I would love to see Richard Rodriguez come up and pitch in the ninth inning but the Braves have appeared to be riding Will Smith because Snit is loyal to Will Smith. And, I mean, to be honest with you, Will Smith had over, I want to say 30, 34, 35, 36 saves, somewhere in that mid to, somewhere in that mid 30 save category, but he's also blown like five or six saves. So Will Smith has just got to be, he's got to be on his game. He's got to be on his P's and Q's for the Braves. And it all starts tonight against the Phillies. And so that'll go tonight through Thursday against the Phillies. And then the weekend series against the Mets. And so that's kind of where the Braves currently stand. I want to talk about some of the recent additions that the Braves have made to the recent lineup change. And that is one, Jorge Soler. So Soler, in his last seven games, has provided a real spark for the Braves. He's had six hits, two doubles, two home runs, seven RBIs, and three walks. And 
so and so we're really seeing the Braves. It looks like they're starting to peak at the right time, especially one Jorge Soler. And he he's now in the leadoff spot. And similar to Ronald Acuna, what he can do is he can change he can change the outcome of the game on the first swing of the bat and the first pitch of the game with his home run ability. But Jorge has also done a really good job of taking pitches and waiting for his right pitch. I mean, all you have to do is just think about the moment he had in the San Diego game on Saturday night when he launched that big double down the right field line. Now, that was really, really clutch of him to be able to get that big double for the Braves. And it looks like Jorge is starting to come into his own. And so look for Soler to make an impact for the Braves, not only not only in the rest of the regular season in these six games, but also Jorge Soler, in my opinion, has a chance to make a major impact for the Braves come the postseason, which starts next week. So that's exciting. And then, as I said, uh, on Thursday, yours truly is going to be in the building and the Braves will be facing the Phillies in game three of that series. We've got Ian Anderson. This is a big start for him. As I always talk about Ian, I want to see if he can build off using locating his fastball for strikes and using his changeup consistently because his changeup is so wicked and so nasty. And I just really want to see Ian kind of round into form and be that guy that he was in his rookie year. And hopefully he can do that for the Braves. Also, Thursday night, if you're going to the game, it is University of Georgia night. If you were able to get one of those ticket packages from the Braves, you would receive a co-branded Georgia hat as well as um, as well as a donation to the or you would receive a UGA co-branded hat with the Braves. So Braves Georgia hat. So it's a really sweet look. I'm really excited to get mine on Thursday. So I'm going to be wearing it a lot. I can already tell you I'll be taking pictures of my whole experience Thursday night for the Braves and Phillies. And, um, and so it really and so it really is a fun time of year in sports with what you've got with the postseason coming up next week. You've got the Braves looking to clinch the division. And now we're going to move things over to Georgia football. And so Georgia dismantled Vanderbilt scoring 35 points in the first quarter. I get it's Vanderbilt, but it was a really historic for Georgia on Saturday. And the dogs would eventually hang 62 points on the commies. And so what we saw from Georgia was creativity and how JT Daniels was able to get people open. And especially Vlad McCaukey and Brock Bowers. Like Brock Bowers, I'm going to go and say it. It's a freak of nature. I mean, this kid's future is so bright. He is, he has so much potential and he's only a freshman guy. So we, so if we're lucky, we'll get two more years of this freak of nature tight end in one Brock Bowers. Some interesting nuggets from the Georgia Vanderbilt game on Saturday. Georgia scored 35 points in the first quarter. That's the most points in a quarter for the dogs. You'd have to go all the way back to 2011 when they scored 42 against New Mexico State. Quarterbacked by one Aaron Murray at the time. And, uh, and so Georgia, and so I really feel like Georgia's in a good place. Now, I know the dogs have to now turn their attention to Arkansas because I, because this is not only going to be a top 10 matchup, you got college game day coming. So if you're into the whole getting on TV, making a sign and all that, college game day will be in Athens. So Athens is going to be the epicenter of the college football universe because even though it's a noon game, Kirk Herbstreit and Chris Fowler, the A-team, will be broadcasting the Georgia-Arkansas game on ESPN. So for those of you not going to the game, you will get to hear one Kirk Herbstreit and Chris Fowler. So when you think about this Georgia-Arkansas matchup from the Arkansas perspective, it comes down to Sam Pittman. And when you think of Sam Pittman coach teams, you think of big physical offensive linemen. You, 
you think of athletic guys as far as the skill players and one of those skill players in particular is Burks number 14 the 6-3 wide receiver for Arkansas I think he could be I think he could be a problem for the dogs and I hope Georgia can get after it as far as the pass rush and unsettle one quarterback KJ Jefferson KJ Jefferson is a really talented athlete he's got a big arm he's got escapability and I think Georgia's gonna have their hands full against a really talented Arkansas team but I still think in the end I think Georgia's got it uh, firepower where they can where they can really do damage and beat Arkansas. I'm not. I'm, I mean, I think it's gonna be. A, I think it's gonna be a challenge for like maybe the first quarter or two. But I, but I do expect Georgia's depth and talent to pull away. When you think about Arkansas defensively, they're pretty stout and they're led by one bumper pool number ten. He's a really good linebacker for Arkansas and he's one of those super seniors that you talk about. He got an extra year because of the COVID season. So bumper pool was kind of the heart and soul of the Arkansas defense. So Georgia on offense will have to find a way to get guys going like all the running backs Georgia's got Brock Bowers speaking of tight ends Georgia's gonna get Georgia's gonna be getting some reinforcements and one big O Darnell Washington I think Washington is gonna provide a serious spark for Georgia out wide I mean just imagine the 12 personnel that Georgia can get into and for fans that aren't aware 12 personnel is when you have two tight ends in the game so in Georgia's case they would have Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers flexed out wide you can really see the creativity of one Todd Munkin and and, um, and I'm really fired up about this game, this matchup with Arkansas, because just think about like not only the coaches and the familiarity with Pittman and Kirby, who have the ultimate amount of respect for each other, you also have to think about like this matchup. Like think about where Arkansas is coming from. Like Arkansas, like like Arkansas has has really you know kind of kind of dug themselves out in the doldrum, and Pittman's really given them a huge boost of energy. So testament to Coach Pittman and Arkansas. But at the end of the day, I think Georgia's got too much depth, too much talent. I mean, just look at Georgia's defense defensive front. Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, all those guys. Nicobe Dean, Adam Anderson, the linebackers. Darian Kendrick in the secondary. Lewis Seen in the secondary. I mean, Georgia's got so much talent on defense. You know, like I talked about earlier, you get to see Todd Munkin and the creativity of this Georgia off really shine against a really talented Arkansas. The last point I want to make on the Georgia-Arkansas game is that you've got to think about or where this Georgia-Arkansas game falls on the schedule and that is Georgia and Arkansas will be facing off at noon on Saturday. I, for one, am not excited about this like I'm frustrated this is the epicenter of the college football universe and this game is at noon but you decide to put Auburn and LSU on as a night game on at nine o'clock just because LSU can't play a game at Tiger Stadium in the day that's ridiculous like this is where TV and ESPN really goofed up so it just goes to show how ESPN really messed up I mean I expect Georgia's crowd to be into it Kirby's dropping the whole elite thing I think Georgia's crowd will be elite and I for one am looking to be in the stadium on Saturday in Sanford Stadium and really seeing Georgia get after a really talented Arkansas team. And um, I, th- I just think it's going to be a really fun matchup. And I think we've got the epicenter of the college football universe descending upon Athens, Georgia with college game day and all, all the excitement surrounding that. It's really going to be a fun weekend in the state with hopefully the Braves winning the division and Georgia beating a, beating a top 10 opponent in the Arkansas. So the final part of the show I want to get in, I want to get into is some Atlanta Falcons football, and we're going to start things out with Arthur Smith getting his first career win as Falcons head coach. He did a really good job. I want to give some props to the defense. The defense did. The defense played great. They really did, and they were kind of in a bend don't break mode. What we saw from the defense was guys flying around hitting people, especially one Dante Fowler. Dante Fowler made some big plays, and I know I've been kind of critical of Dante Fowler as a lot of Falcons fans have been, and. So 
So I'm just really proud of where the defense is coming. The Giants have some pieces out out wide in the backfield and a quarterback that that had me a little had me a little nervous with Daniel Jones and Kenny Galladay and the running backs or the running back Saquon Barkley. And he's a Falcons defense did a really good job. It's a testament to them. The offense it kind of took them a while to get going, but we found Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Let me just go ahead and say it. Matt Ryan played his guts out Sunday. Was he perfect? No. Did he make plays when he needed him to? Absolutely. So what? So what we saw out of that is we saw a quarterback who was able to put his team on his back when, when the chips were down and rally and rally the team for his 39th game-winning drive of his career. And Matt Ryan also made history on Sunday where where he threw I want to say he's thrown 350 touchdowns in his career so congratulations Matt Ryan for everything that you've done here in Atlanta I for one am one of his biggest fans like Matt Ryan has been everything and more to the city of Atlanta he he is everything that you could want in your quarterback he's great in the community he he's just he's just everything you want he works hard and it looks like he and Arthur Smith are really starting to really starting to develop some chemistry and so and so as a Falcon fan that really makes me happy for the rest of the season going forward. And I really think the Falcons are in a really solid part of the schedule, but we'll get into that here in a second. Young Wei Koo was the hero of the former Georgia Southern Eagle, propelled the Falcons and kicked the game-winning field goal. It was a 40-yard kick. I, for one, wasn't nervous when Koo lined up to make the kick. Koo was really poised and determined and like that's just kind of how Koo's always been. Koo's always been good about handling his business and staying poised, staying in the moment. And I just really like, I really like the story of Young Way Koo. Those of you that don't know, Young Way Koo grew up, was born in Ridgewood, New Jersey, and he had a former kicking coach who was in a suite the Giant game Sunday, watching Koo kick that game-winning field goal from the, from 40 yards out to beat the Giants. So that was pretty cool to have Koo's coach watch his protege kick that game-winning field goal. So testament to Young Way Koo. Props, props to him. And uh, as I talked about earlier, the Falcon defense did a really good job. Kind of bend, don't break. I'm, I'm really pleased with where the Falcons are at this point. I know it's only one and two, but as I said, you know, a few minutes ago, the Falcons are in a really favorable favorable part of the schedule. Now with the Washington football team on Sunday, and you get a chance to go after a really stout defensive line led by Chase Young, Deron Payne, and all those guys up front for Washington. Washington's got a really good defensive line. So the Falcons offensive line is going to have to be on their game on Sunday. So so hopefully they can keep Matt Ryan upright and everything everything can go well on offense and we can really see more of this Falcon off take shape. And and going back to the Falcons offensive line for or going back to the Falcon offense for one second, and that was Kyle Pitts. We didn't really get to see much of Kyle Pitts until later in the game. I just think using him as a decoy. Even just his presence alone is going to cause double teams, and that's going to create lanes for somebody like Olamide Zacchaeus to be able to make a real impact for the Falcons, like he did on Sunday. And so look for Kyle Pitts to not only make an impact in the passing game, but also make an impact as a decoy and providing providing a safety net for guys to go to. And hey, being a decoy is uh, is a key part in the NFL. So anyway, going back to the Washington football team, you know, as I talked about with that defensive line, which is Young and Jerron Payne, all those guys in the defensive line. Then you flip it over to the Washington to, to the Washington offense and it's quarterback by Taylor Heineke. I made a mistake last week. Heineke was the former quarterback at Old Dominion, not Sanford. I don't know where I got Sanford from. Sorry about that, guys. Antonio Gibson, the former Memphis running back, is a really tough back. So the Falcon defense is gonna have to get after Heineke and Gibson. And then the wide receiver, the do-it-all everything guy for Washington, Terry McLaurin, the former wide receiver at Ohio State. The Falcons are gonna have Falcon defense and catch people. 
Matthews are really going to have to find a way to get after Taylor Heineke. Bog running lanes with Antonio Gibson. And Isaiah Oliver, who's done a really good job of late. He did he did a good job in coverage against the Giants on Sunday. He's going to have to be on his game against uh, Terry McLaurin, the former Ohio State wide receiver. And so I hope the Falcon defense can, continues to show improvement, continues to grow under new defensive coordinator Dean P. And so now it's time for me to tell you guys about fanforallseasons.com and that is our website where you can go. You can check out our merchandise store and we have sweatshirts, we have t-shirts, and we also have hoodies as well. So as we get more into the fall, so, so I highly recommend going to the merchandise store and getting your and, and getting your sweatshirts and your hoodies and all that. But you can still rock your comfy colors t-shirts as well. So so make sure to go to our merchandise store, check that out. Go to the website where you can listen to our episodes, where this episode will be hopefully soon after it's been edited and produced. So check out our website and there's also a cool bio with RG3 and I about how the podcast came to be. And um, so yeah, so check out fanforallseasons.com. And so I think it's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan For All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic original oak smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. And so for myself, Jamin Joe, this has been another exciting installment of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. Go dogs, chop on, and let's go dirty bird. Rise up.